Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hi there, and welcome back. It's Lisa. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to start a series here on the podcast. It's something that I've wanted to do as a blog post series, but it just never, ever happened. Um, but talking about things is much easier for me than reading about things. And what I'm going to do is I've dissected an IEP, a blank one, and just going to go through each section and explain, you know, to parents things that maybe you didn't know about that particular section. Um, you know, of course, how to use it to your advantage, how to, you know, or be a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a viable part in the process for that section, you know, may, maybe use it to get your child's needs met um, and all that fun stuff. So I will link if now my, my podcast, I don't know where you're listening from because it's on Google Play and a whole bunch of other places, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Um. But I'm going to figure out a way to link these PDFs. I have a blank one from the Department of Ed, and theirs is really, really generic. Um, But I have a blank one from Pennsylvania, and I have a blank one from Delaware. And looking at those three blank IEPs together, I've come up with 16 different sections of the IEP that I'm going to kind of take, just kind of take a walk through, basically. So that's what you can look forward to. The next 16 podcasts um, will be just different sections of the IEP and and considerations for each one. So let's get started. Um, This one, the first one, is just the cover sheet. And you're like, oh, great. Like, what could I possibly need to know about the cover sheet? Um, And actually, there are a couple of things on our cover sheets, um, speaking Pennsylvania and Delaware, the IDEA one or the one on the Department of Ed website does not even provide a cover sheet. Most of them do have one. Of course, when you look at the cover sheet, it has, you know, name, address, and all that fun stuff, Um, home, phone number, things like that. It's important to not blow off the cover sheet because you just look at it and you like see your child's name and age and you're like AMM or whatever, it's their name. Um, But you want to make sure that you don't blow it off for several reasons. One is that people switch jobs and people lose phones or get new phones and things like that and phone numbers change. And you want to make sure that the correct number 
is on the IEP because many times that is where the staff will look, you know, if they have to call you about something. And I've been in districts and I've been surrogates for some kids and the district has said, hey, you know, we've called this number a zillion times. It's not her number and so on and so on. So you would, you know, make sure that it's correct. Don't just blow it off. The other question that I field from parents a lot is, um, you know, we had the IEP meeting. When do when does the new IEP go into effect? Well, guess what? It is right there on the cover sheet. IEP implementation date. And then in parentheses, it says projected date when services and programs will begin. So all you have to do is look at your cover sheet and you would have that answer. Okay. Um, another little nugget of information is if you are no longer in a relationship with your child's other parent. So whether it was, you know, you never, you never were married and now you're not even a couple or um, you're divorced, whatever the case may be. You want to make sure that whoever has educational rights or whoever has decision-making power, you need to make sure that is clear. I would put that where it says the name, address of parent or guardian. Um, You want to make that very clear, particularly if it is spelled out in a custody agreement. And if it's not in a custody agreement, I would get it in your custody agreement. Um, Because that's one that also comes up a lot, that divorced parents don't agree on what is the best course of action. Um, And if you have joint custody and you both have rights, you know then you just have to work that out. But in some cases, mom or dad may not have rights. The other parent has full custody and full decision-making power. Um, Then that should be noted on the IEP. That way the other parent cannot go behind your back and, you know, approve changes. So you want to make sure that's clear. There's also a line on the front of most of these IEPs on the cover sheets that just says other or other information. And that would be a great spot to put that custody information or whatever it may be. You know, if it says grandmother is guardian, you know, grandmother Jane Smith has full guardianship, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, where you would want to put that. But what I see or what I have seen often under other information is a list of diagnoses. And I've seen it on my own child's IEP and I've had it removed and I've seen it. I haven't seen it. This happened to a client of mine, um, a long time ago when he was in elementary school, a teacher left his IEP out. And his diagnoses were listed on the front. And she left it out. I don't know where it was, top of a trash can or on her desk or wherever. But um, the kids saw it. The other kids in the class saw it. 
And basically the kid was bullied relentlessly for years because the kids saw his diagnoses. So first of all, we all know that IEPs are not diagnosis-driven anyway. They're needs-driven. They what, what a child receives is based on what's in present levels, not their di- list of diagnoses. So there's really... You know, if you're going to mention them, put them in present levels. There's absolutely no need for them to be on the cover sheet. It also invites people to make preconceived notions about your child, right? Um, Any diagnosis that I tell you, um, if I say ADHD, autism, bipolar, anxiety, any of those things we all get an image in our head of what that looks like to us but my son's autism might look really different from your child's autism so we don't want to get like just at first glance we don't want people to have preconceived notions about our kids I want them to read present levels and let that determine you know who what my child looks like or should look like, okay? So just look for that line that says other and make sure that, and again, it's it's on the front page. So whatever, if someone glances at it, it's going to be seen, even though there's FERPA and all that fun stuff. Anyway, okay, so that's enough about the other line. Um, then at least Pennsylvania has this. We have a, a block that says, or a box to fill out if we want. It says the LEA and parent have agreed to make the following changes to the IEP without convening an IEP meeting as documented by. And then, you know, there's a space there to put in the changes. So, yes, you can make amendments to an IEP without a meeting. Not every change to an IEP warrants gathering the whole team together. You can make amendments. Um, Again, ours has a space right on there if you need to use it. Others may not. Um, And then underneath that, it says the date of the revision, who participated in that, and which sections were amended. Okay. So you can make amendments. They would be noted on there. It should also have... um, your child's anticipated graduation date, which you want to make sure, you, you know, maybe quick do the math. If, if it looks like they're already planning to have your child graduate on time and you're already thinking, you know, they're going to need a 13th or 14th year, um, you, you know, you want to plan, plan your strategy for that um, and make your child's needs known. Okay, so yeah, so at first glance, it looks like it's just an IEP cover sheet with not much information, but, you know, dig deep and you'll see that there are some little things here and there that can add up to a lot of headaches if the information is incorrect or not complete. Okay, so that's your homework. Go home and take a look at your cover sheet and make sure no changes need to be made. Um... If it's nothing that's a huge deal, I would wait until the next IEP. I don't know that I would call an IEP meeting, you know, just to change one small thing. But again, go with your gut. All right. Thanks for listening and talk to you next time.
Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.